Quantum Conversations, your portal to the inner realms. Access infinite possibilities, infinite mastery, and infinite love. Mind-expanding, heart-opening conversations with some of the greatest spiritual teachers, luminaries, and healers of today's world. Usher in new earth by living in your sacred heart. Quantum Conversations is brought to you by AcousticHealth.com, home of music from the universe, online healing retreats, and this program. Claim your free registration to daily shows at AcousticHealth.com. AcousticHealth.com, your portal to the inner realms. Our program starts shortly. Welcome to another Quantum Conversation, brought to you by AcousticHealth.com. I'm Loren Gailey, and I invite you to sit back as we enter the Quantum Realm, that space of the greater part of you. It is your connection to infinite possibilities, infinite potential, and infinite mastery. Welcome, everyone. We are speaking once again with animal communicator Ginny Jablonski, and she is here with us to answer your questions and also channel messages from your pets or animals. Ginny works with healing the trauma in rescued animals, and it was after a near-death experience where she learned that she had extraordinary gifts. The animals asked her to return to life to fulfill her destiny, which is an important task in healing the planet. Let's welcome back Ginny Jablonski to Quantum Conversations. Hello, Ginny. Hello. Thank you so much for inviting me back on the program. I'm so happy to be with you. We are happy to have you as well. Here we are in this world, and you work with horses and animals and people to um, share the messages that you get, and it all is in the name of healing. We're going to take messages today, so those who are on the phone or joining us by web call, you can ask Ginny uh, if she has a message from your pet or animals to you. So, Ginny, welcome. Let's talk about uh, our current global situation. The horses and the animals definitely feel what we are all going through. I'm on the radio. What is the message for that in these current times? Well, firstly, I would say the animals are stepping forward like never before that I'm aware of in the last 20 years. They are coming forward with messages of love, messages of peace, messages of forgiveness, um, a request for humanity and, and those of us lucky enough individually to be pet owners or work with animals in our life to become more self-aware, become more thoughtful, become more mindful, uh, to start a practice, whether it be just sitting and sharing love with our animals or whether it be something deeper, 
breathing, yoga, qigong, meditation, that they are definitely reaching out in ways that are very powerful. And I do feel it very strongly. I hope others do as well. Well, the other day my cat was sitting on my desk and she looked at me and we exchanged a glance. That was a very beautiful message. Perhaps you want to start with Yuki and see if you can read into what she was saying and expressing through that glance. Could you do that? (laughs) Well, I'm not sure in that moment of time what she was expressing, but I can certainly ask her now what she would like to express. Okay. Let's try that. Okay. <laughs> There's love in your heart. I feel the love in your heart, but I also feel the sadness. I want to commend you. I want to uh, promote your choice, your mission on this planet, in this life, to commune with others, which is not always the most pleasant experience, to create a community where people can express themselves and people can join together to heal their hearts as well as celebrate life and celebrate love. This is what you are all about, isn't it? Hmm. Yes, beautiful. Okay. Thank you for that. That does um, actually speak volumes, and uh, great. All right. Well, we are all radiant, and we share the love in our hearts and transmute the sadness in our hearts. Okay. Well, let's talk about, before we take some callers, again, I want to say, if you are on the phone um, or if you're watching our uh, live stream, go to the link that gets you to AcousticHealth.com and join by web call. You can join by web call that connects your computer to our session, or you can dial in by the phone and you can actually uh, hit star two, and that will raise your hand so we can unmute you so you can speak with Jenny. But Jenny, as we wait for callers to queue up, let's talk about um, animals that have um, medicine for us. Certain animals have medicine, and it's different. Um, can you explain a little bit about what's going on with that? Is it animals we see in nature? Is it other animals, uh, pets? Well, yes, actually. Um, there's a bit of a, a misunderstanding, I think, that uh, people generally assume that all ma- animals possess medicine or all animals wish to use as a medicine that they manifest for the benefit of humanity. Because many of the domesticated animals who have experienced trauma are not completely in alignment with their medicine and need some healing. But absent that, there is a a great number of animals who are here wishing to be of service at this time and who are offering messages and healing as well. And for example, there's a lot of activity in the field of equine therapy right now for people who have been abused, people who have experienced trauma, veterans. It's very well known. 
And the way in which some of the animals are used is, is not necessarily in alignment with their natural healing abilities, but there are some who offer messages or somatic healing experiences or messages in the way that I often work from the animals that gives them the opportunity to express themselves and share their, what I like to call magic or medicine with others. For example, not every horse would like to work with a, a sexual abuse victim. They might be interested in working more with veterans or working more with young people or working with physically disabled or mentally disabled individuals. And one of the things that I like to do is work together with the owners or caretakers of an animal and an animal to allow the animal to express their desires and to share what their medicine is and how they can best be of service in a way that they choose to be of service. And there are many different ways in which an animal can express their medicine. For example, with horses, I've met many horses who they really want to help someone tap into their heart, heal their heart, access their love. There are others who work with hormone imbalances. There are others who want to help us manifest or heal the blocks that limit our discernment. So there are quite specific abilities that animals have, but a lot of people aren't able to recognize that. Does that resonate with you? Yes. Yes. It's amazing that you're able to pick up on that and help those messages get through. Yes. And if I might just share quickly there's also, I think, a, a bit of an assumption that all animals can manage their own energy field. And, for example, with um, dogs, therapy dogs, in therapeutic environments where they sit in an office all day with psychotherapists or with a dog who is a service dog or a dog who is a certified therapy a dog who might be taken to assisted living facilities, senior facilities, um, to work with traumatized children, etc. And mm -hmm. there have been many times that I have found that animals are making themselves sick by not choosing to do the work and not understanding how to do the work. And they're taking on a lot of energy of the people that they're working with. And now, Lorraine, you and I both know that as people on our spiritual path, on our journey, that's one of the first things that we really have to learn is how to manage our own energy. And if we choose to put ourselves out there as a, air quote, healer, we need to ensure that we are not taking on the energy of our clients or our friends and family for that matter. And that does happen with animals quite a bit. And this is one of the things that I do is work with them to ensure that they are able to manage their own energy and that just like people, we aren't taxing our own energy construct or pulling in the distorted or negative energies that we're helping people to release. Okay, so is that why sometimes um, animals will take on the illness of their 
owner or their guardian? Well, there's more than one reason that that may potentially be happening. And I have several stories around this particular subject that you're bringing up. Yes. One reason might be that we have a contractual agreement with that animal to, to help us in this life. But I think the, the meaning, the parameters of these contracts and agreements have been greatly misunderstood by the animals because a lot of these soul families of animals are actually in a position right now where they feel that their species is, is threatened with potential extinction. And so they are stepping forward in ways that they never have before in what they define as trying to teach humans compassion by suffering or by being abused or by being abandoned on the street, you know, all of the images that we see of the um, unfortunate animals and puppy mills, et cetera. And they don't realize that what they're doing is actually hurting themselves more than they are providing a benefit to humans. So a, a prior life contract is one way. Another reason could be that especially in a home or a, an animal's perspective where they have been abandoned and adopted or gone to a foster home and then adopted to someone, they don't understand all of the shifting of quote unquote ownership. Mm. And they feel abandoned and traumatized over and over. And even with the most um, let's say, ethical breeders today, the breeders tend to let the puppies get adopted and remove them from their mother around 12 weeks. And that's just too young for a dog to be psycho-spiritually capable of managing their own energy and understanding their place in the world to move on and have a really happy, healthy experience in their life. And we could really talk for hours about that, but I, I hope that answers your question. Oh, yes. Okay, so the dogs feel abandoned. That's totally understandable. It's a core wound. Um, isn't it amazing that you said 12 weeks, and that's too soon. Don't most puppies go to new homes at six weeks? Isn't that sad then? So they're going to miss their mothers. Well, what I think what I said in my understanding is that ethical breeders keep the puppies with their mother up until 12 oh. weeks. And the reason is ethical. because there are um, nutrients and amino acids and it, um, chemicals that boost their immune system and provide them proper nutrition that they need to continue to get up until 12 weeks. That is my understanding. But that is just from a nutritional standpoint. What about the nourishment of the soul mm. and the psyche? Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's a, another conversation altogether. So if yes. puppies are being placed in homes at six weeks, I would say that would be, from my perspective, that would be very irresponsible. Well, okay. Our little Roxy came home about six years ago at six weeks old. Okay, it just helps me understand so much better because she has had a beanbag, a beanbag chair that has been her chair. It was the first thing she 
sat on and it's her it's her it's her thing. We keep having to fill it in with new stuffing because, you know, that is her place and so oh okay. Well, you just enlighten me to the twelve weeks. It's May so I, funny. Yes, go ahead. I, I would just like to add some of the types of behavior problems that dogs and horses can exhibit later in life if they've been taken away from their mother too soon, I'll, I'll speak to, to dogs. I'll just speak with dogs right now. And that, that some of the things that they are unable to learn to do is socialize. They're not playing as puppies. They're not with their mother for their mother when to tell them when to nurse, when to suckle, when it's appropriate, and when not to. And to have the conversation about what are appropriate boundaries and how to behave and when it's time to behave in this way and time to behave in another way, et cetera. And I've worked with several dogs who do not like physical touch. They just shake. And those yeah. dogs generally are abandoned by their mother or their mother gets killed or something around one, two, three weeks. And that's very devastating. They don't know how to accept touch. And it's difficult as well to relate to being in a human home. So, you know, like um, Caesar Milan says, one of the best things you can do for an animal is take them on a walk. And why is that? From a behavioral standpoint, it's the same as from an energy standpoint, because they walk, they exercise, they circulate their energy, they have their feet on the earth, they're grounding, they're transmuting any distortion that they might have picked up or misunderstanding or trapped emotion, et cetera. In the same way that a human will do qigong or yoga from a very mindful, intentional perspective, of course, to move our energy and to make sure that those energies don't solidify in our body, leading to disease. Yes. Okay. Thank you for sharing on that. That really is helpful. Okay. Uh, it's amazing what you do and how you can really... Um, tune into that with the animals. For those who are not familiar with your story, um, give us a little um, a recap of how you came into this. Uh, you, you had a near-death experience and the animals told you, you've got work to do. Yes, well, we did talk about this at great length on our last conversation, which was several months ago, so I wouldn't want to take that much time again today, but thank you for giving me an opportunity to share um, I was a horsewoman. I, my husband and I rescued and rehabbed horses prior to my uh, very severe, severe illness, um, which caused me to have to retire. And um, in, throughout my retirement, after 2001, my husband and I rescued and rehabbed horses, and I was, we were very active um, in owning horses. And I had Lyme disease, and I didn't know it. It was never diagnosed. And about a year before my near-death experience in 2012, it became very unsafe for me to work with my own horses, ride my own horses, et cetera. By that time, I was on a prescription opioid, and um, you just don't have great judgment, discernment, um, balance, et cetera. And so I had to place um, my horses. One was adopted by another family, and one went to a sanctuary, nearby sanctuary. But I couldn't just abandon my horse there, so I went to visit him every day. And lucky for me, there were 40 horses and 70 donkeys at the sanctuary. 
And I would just sort of follow my horse around in the sanctuary in this very large pasture. And horses would come up to me and I might brush one or two horses and then just go home and collapse. I had very little energy. And that didn't last very long. Going every day, it was very soon, you know, five days, then three days, then one day a week until I just couldn't go anymore. And um, about a month or so later, I experienced a near-death experience where I was propelled into the light. Um, the opioids had caused my brain to forget to tell my lungs to breathe. So I stopped breathing, my heart stopped, and I was propelled into a white space where there was a man that I always say looked very much like Jesus. And he was um, seemed quite content to take my hand and tell me that I had suffered enough and to come with him, my life was over. And just as I was about to walk away with him, I heard a noise behind me in this vision, in this light. And I was just about to put my hand in his, and I turned around, and there were what appeared to me to be my former animals that I had owned and the 40 horses and the 70 donkeys from the sanctuary. And they were on their hind legs just whinnying and braying and screaming in a human voice, don't go, don't go. Don't you remember? There's something important you have to do. You have to help us. Don't go. And I turned around very quickly, and I just as quickly as that, as matter-of-factly as I could, I said, sorry, Jesus, I'm going with them. <laughs> and I was immediately propelled back into my body, where I experienced an incredible amount of pain that I hope to never experience again. My lungs were on fire. My heart had stopped. It was as if I had a heart attack. It felt as if there was a 300-pound man sitting on my chest, and I screamed probably 20 or 30 times over and over at the top of my lungs. I just died. I just died. I just died. I just died and scared the, the beans out of my husband. It just scared him. And... Um, from there, I went on a journey to try to figure out what that meant. And when I woke up the next day was the first time I told my husband that I didn't have confidence in my medical doctors and that I wanted to seek out some type of alternative healing. And prior to that, I didn't know anything at all about alternative healing. But the interesting thing and what compelled me forward to do what is now, I've, I've done the math and I've probably accumulated over 17,000 hours of traveling, studying, interning, becoming certified in different healing modalities, studying different religious philosophies, was that when I came back from my near death, I came back in a state of no separation. It was almost as if the way... You are very familiar with this, Loren, that in this conversation about our spiritual and physical evolution, what some people refer to as ascension, that we will get to a time where we will know each other's thoughts, where we will be able to see each other's wounds, and there will be no secrets. And that's how I came back immediately mm. after my near death with no context and no instruction manual. 
I didn't know what a near-death experience was. I never heard of that. I didn't ever hear the word spirituality ever in my life. I had never studied any of this. And the reason that I was compelled so strongly to move forward and study and learn and experience all that I have is that any explanation that I was ever given for what I was seeing, sensing, or feeling never explained all of it. It only explained a piece or the way in which the teachers, healers, masters, gurus explained to me that their modality was the one modality, that I'm the way, I'm the answer, you have to do it like this. I knew, I knew it wasn't. I knew it wasn't all of it. And I certainly don't believe I've experienced all of it today or that I am not saying that I understand all of it. But what I've tried to do is understand what has been revealed to me. And what was revealed to me is this, the theory that people are so excited to talk about now, uh, quantum theory and the unified theory, body, mind, and spirit, the physical body, the conscious mind, and our spirit exists all in the same place at one time, except that I can see that when people speak, the words they're saying do not parallel the thoughts in their subconscious or the sadness or anger in their heart and lower chakras. So I was also shown many different types of energy constructs, not just the two best known energy constructs of uh, Hinduism, pranic medicine, pranayama, the chakra system, and the nadis, or traditional Chinese medicine, um, anma, shiatsu, Japanese medicine, of uh, the meridian system and governing vessels. But there are others. And there are others because we have lived in so many different spiritual societies, such as the Mayan culture. I began to see at one point people that only had, it seemed like their chakras, which I'll refer to them as chakras, their chakras were in their ankles, their knees, their hips, their wrists, their elbows, their shoulders, and their throat, but they didn't have the typical chakra system that people talked about. And so I did a deep dive into the Mayan culture and studied with one of the 13 indigenous grandmothers that is alive right now on the planet who was studied for 70 years the Mayan culture. And I came to realize that the energy system I was seeing was that Mayan energetic construct. The Lemurians, the Hawaiians, have a different energetic construct. And there's a lot of talk about bowls in that system that accumulate emotions. The Maori from New Zealand, for example, there is an energy called Maori. It's spelled differently. But they talk about buttons and absorption points, and that the bones hold our history and all the information. And that's a very complex energy healing system where if you're a woman, you learn a different modality for working with women than you do with men. And if you're a man, you learn a different modality working with a woman or a man as well. And again, I can go on and on because from the different shamanic perspectives, whether it's 
Peru, Costa Rica, Siberia. I've worked with many, including North American, Native American masters for years and studied under them as well, some overlapping. And the, the, they talk about the imprints in the luminous energy body. And they talk about what the quantum field tries to address, which is our field of probability, that which controls our conscious life experience, our programming, our subconscious. And they promote believing in that 1%, that tiny, very subtle, that fine layer, that 1% layer of possibility that does exist where we can create or influence, shift or alter our destiny by healing and by clearing that 95% field of probability based on all of our patterns, all of our hurts, all of our unforgiveness. And in that process and in all of the work that I was doing, the masters and teachers and healers that, that I was going to and paying money, they would say to me, Nobody has ever helped me before. Thank you. Because I would be able to see or mirror for them energies that they weren't able to see in themselves. I've, I've, I've had the most phenomenal experiences with people trusting me and believing in me and the information that I bring through because it's, it was very, very effective. And as I began to listen to people over the years tell me, you have to put yourself out there. You have to do this work. And I very slowly and in a very humble way stepped forward to be, to be willing to give people messages if they thought it would help and take very little money for doing so. In that experience is when animals started coming through and giving messages through me. They're animals that were alive, living with them now or an animal that they might have had to rehome because they had to relocate, or through a divorce, they, their animal was now with their husband or their wife, or animals that had passed away, and they come forward, or pardon me, came forward with the most incredible affirmations, validations, messages of love and of worthiness and of forgiveness and that have been in my witnessing it, in my just witnessing and being a messenger have been so life changing for people that I couldn't deny that that was my destiny, that for some reason animals felt compelled to come to me and bring to be to me messages of a much finer energy a message not, hey, you know, I'd rather have a pink halter than a purple halter, or I'd rather if you didn't, you know, um, give me that same ball, I'd rather have a new ball. The messages that come through me are more life-changing, and, and they're also healing requests from the animal to show me you know, this person, this therapist that I'm working with, uh, the people are coming into the office and I seem to be accumulating their energy and I'm afraid I'm going to get sick. Can you help me? 
And that is how it evolved until about a few years ago in 2017, I had um, driven over 400 miles to volunteer when there was a very dramatic fire in Southern California, the San Diego area. And I drove down not knowing anybody just to volunteer to work with the traumatized animals in the fire. There were over 900 that had been evacuated to um, a fairgrounds, the Del Mar Fairgrounds. And in doing that work, I was in town for about a week. In doing that work through the, the wonderful uh, social media tool of Facebook and um, Twitter and Instagram, I became very well known right away for working with traumatized animals because the work that I was doing there in, if in the fire with the animals that were being sedated and the sedation wasn't calming them down. But when I would sit with them, they would calm down for hours and hours and hours. And I became very well known. And so my work shifted to really working about 60 or 70% with animals all the time and to a lesser degree, degree working with people. That is so, I love that story. Thank you for sharing it. And Wow, we could go on a tangent and talk more about the energy constructs that you were shown of the Mayan, the Lemurian, the Hawaiian, and the Maori. But we'll we'll try to wrap up our show with that and go deeper into that. Okay, so this is um, beautiful. Believing in the 1% of possibility is really um, a, a deep, deep message there. Um, let's go to our phone lines and let's have some questions because I think there's some messages that you can help people with. So our first caller, um, there is no, this is an anonymous, so I'm just going to unmute. Hello, you're unmuted. Hello. Hello? Yes, hi, that's you. Oh, oh that's me. I don't know why it's coming up anonymous. It's my cell phone. So uh, what's your name? name? Yeah. Sue. Sue. Hi, Sue. So, hi. um how can Ginny help you today? Uh, I have uh, several pets. I'm an animal person, but um, there's a couple of deceased pets. I don't know which one she would get the message from, but uh, I had a horse that I had to give up for financial reasons and such. And I was he was a big horse. I was always worried that he could end up on a slaughter plane to Japan. They ship animals out of Canada on a live, very traumatic situations, um, long flights. And he was a big horse, and I was always worried that um, maybe he could have ended up that way. And I lost track of him. No one could tell me where he was. But I also had a dog that left in 2017, and I begged him to stay, but he wanted to be with his mum on the other side. And then I, I adopted another dog, and he all at once was sending me messages. I do animal communication too, and he wanted to come back, and I couldn't afford to have two dogs. So then the guilt about both these situations have both been overwhelming me for a while. I don't know what – the horse hasn't been telling me he wants to come back, but I can't get clarity whether he suffered or whether I, – I think he's gone. He was in his 20s when I parted ways with him. But um, anyways, I was just – you know, I'm not trying to take up a lot of your time. I didn't know which one you wanted to deal with, but yeah. Well, okay. With respect to the horse, if the horse is no longer in your care um, and you are not the legal owner of the horse, it would be unethical of me to talk with the horse. 
I, but I, I, I think he's deceased, though. Okay. All right. I think he's deceased, so. As I was going to say, I could ask his soul um, to, to help alleviate your concerns, but I guarantee you that any animal in this um, position with an owner who had lost touch, if the, if the owner is asking, are they okay, did they suffer, the animal's going to tell you what they most believe you need to hear. Okay. So you're, the answer you're going to get is I am fine, all is well, you did the best you can. Uh, I want you to know that, that there, there, is, there is no animal that, would, that I'm aware of that would say, you know, I'm very upset with you. Uh, you know, I went, uh, I went to a kill pen and then I, you know, I, I had a really bad experience. <laughs> that probably would, in my experience, would never happen. Um, but having said that, from a human perspective, I can ask if the horse has passed away. Is, is that what you're asking me to do? Yeah, I was just really just hoping maybe because I was I had him since he was really young. So I had him a lot of years, and I was just really hoping maybe that he had a loving home before. I'm sure he's gone now. He would be really really old now. But I, he I I mean horses can live a very long time. But no, I was just maybe hoping maybe I could get some insight on on his last time on this earth what like you know because it was like a child to me him you know what I mean it's um it's rough I I feel some guilt you know yes um that's not something I don't think that's a conversation that's appropriate for this call really um I mean I'm I'm happy to connect to him and and get a, a message for you but again it's unethical for me to bring okay. to, I, I apologize. And, and you've talked about several different animals and the energy is really frenetic and I'm a little confused about who um, you really want me to connect with. So can you choose one animal, give me their name, whether they're alive or dead. And, okay. and it, let's work that way. It's better okay. For me. okay. Let's move on to the dog then. The dog Wagash. Wagash. It's um, an Indian name, right? Native name. It means fox in Ojibwe, and he was, um, yeah, he was, he was my. I never gave him away, or I never, you know, he was with me till he died. So I was just wondering. Um, he seemed to want to come back, so I don't know what's going on. Three dogs are coming forward, um, and they all have wings, so that tells me that all three dogs that are coming to talk to you or hold space for you are all in spirit. Okay. So I'm asking, I'm trying to communicate very clearly that the one you wish to speak with is named Wagash. Right. So the one in the middle is walking forward. And he, I believe this is a male energy, he says, um, I wish to express my gratitude for your love and care of me. And I, and I wish for you to believe in yourself, for you have so much to offer humanity. And it is only the doubt, the doubt that lives within your heart that prevents you from moving forward in a way that you would deem successful, that you 
limit your own potential by not addressing the doubt, the self-doubt, which is buried deep within your heart. And the the two that accompany me, so he's referring to the other dogs with wings, are okay. stepping forward for you as not guides in any way, but they're making me aware that they're wisdom carriers. So are you familiar with an idea of a record keeper or a wisdom carrier? Um, kind of. <laughs> um, and then he has medicine that he wants to share with you so that in the night when you go to sleep, he and his two friends, and I only feel love from them. I don't feel any trickery here in any way. It's very loving. Um, and, oh, by the way, he says he's really glad I didn't talk to the horse because that would have taken a lot of time and you wouldn't have been able to talk to him then. <laughs> okay, yeah, of course. Um, uh, yeah, so because this is all about him right now. He's sharing. <laughs> he's on center stage. Um, and he wants to work with you in your sleep time, in your dream time, to help resolve some of these issues because he knows from a human perspective that healing can be very time-consuming. And um, sometimes we feel like we've done that. We've forgiven that. We, oh, my gosh, you know, we've already, you know, he's kind of giving me this sense of, okay, get on with that already. I've been doing this for 25 years. And when, you know, when does the real sense of healing come? And so he wants to work with you with some of that deep, 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 really subtle doubt and unforgiveness and unworthiness that our souls tend to use so much energy keeping from us, but that do impact our lives in big ways. And if we can address it and we can resolve it, our life will begin to shift and we will begin to put our focus on that narrow band of possibility and begin to create a new destiny. Does that make sense? We just, I, we, uh, Loren and I just sort of talked about that a little bit before. Yeah. No, I, I've been dealing with this all my life, and I'll just get to a point where I, I'm really making progress, and then I'll get another setback that will put me into doubt again. It, it, it's a pattern with me, you know what I mean, and with a lot of people I know. I'm not the only one, but, yeah, it it, it does make sense. He He's absolutely right. He's absolutely right. Well, when you – I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm – When I'm you okay. said that, when you said – that that's a pattern with you and you're not the only one you know, I got full body chills. And I know that to be true, but this conversation is just about you in a loving, non-judgmental way. But we, this is part of the human condition. Make yep. no mistake. There are more people who are afflicted with this condition than who are not. <laughs> I know. And, I, and know. I being the biggest, you know, I, I mean, I've been through all of this and continue on my journey. So in no way are you being singled out, but this is you, Joe, you raised your hand, so you're getting the feedback. But yeah. I'm glad that that um, resonates with you. Do you have any more questions for clarification? Because what he's Basically, his message in a nutshell is that some of this is related to past lives. And so yes. the wisdom carriers, the wisdom spirit dogs are going the record keepers, okay? Not the same as in a 
Akashic Records reader, but a record keeper. In other words, let's not take that so literally. Let's try to understand that they can perceive every imprint in our energy field, and our energy field contains our entire history from the birth of our soul. And so he is stepping forward with these two other record keeper wisdom carrier dogs to help you work out these past lives in your dream time. But it's really important. You can't just go to sleep and pretend we never had this conversation. You have to do this with intention. And you call him to you. And you call the fox to you. Right? And you say the spirit of the fox. I, I call forward the spirit of the fox because this is why you named him. The, a name that means fox and you, you can read messages from the fox if you like about the power of the fox and the medicine that the fox has to offer and I bet if you go read something now today it will have a new meaning even if you had read that same thing before yep. so do this please do this with intention that in your sleep you are intending to work out any lingering belief systems contracts patterns you know, agreements with people or unforgiveness that needs to be resolved. Use that Ho'oponopono prayer that Loren talks about all the time. Stand in forgiveness. Um, proclaim that you choose love and compassion and kindness and forgiveness and that when you wake up every morning, be in gratitude that you have done this work. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, and I just wanted to tell you, he was a Spitz dog, and my animal, my favorite animal is a fox, which is, I know people who have them as pets, but, and they're around here, I live in the country, but I would never just, you know, take a fox's baby and try to make it a pet, so the the next best thing for me to have uh, my favorite animal would be a dog that looks like a fox, so he actually, his 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 nose, and you know what I mean, he looked like a fox, but also, I just wanted to ask you, I don't want to take too much more of your time, but does he want to come back as a, a dog again with me or is he okay? Either way, I'm good. If he wants to come back, we'll figure it out. If he doesn't um, right now, I, I'm good. Can you just ask him that if he wants to come back in, incarnate again? As of today, he's content to do his work on the other side. He feels that he is fulfilling his sole mission as of today. That doesn't okay. mean that in the future... It, it might not change, but today he's very confident that he is doing the work he was meant to do. And he knows I have another dog, right? He's okay with that? I don't know. I did, do you want me to ask that as well? Sure. Yeah. He, I, I adopted another dog after he passed away. Uh, yes, he's aware. And he's okay. What do you mean? It, he's he's comfortable with that? He's It makes him feel good? Um, any animal would be comfortable with that, of course. Yes. Okay. Okay. No, because I have a very, like, I love my dog. He's lying right at my feet, right? Um, And I, I'm sure he's listening. I love him dearly. But, I mean, I had a really special soul connection with this dog that passed away. That's why I asked you about him. You know what I mean? So. Cool. Mm-hmm. Thank okay. you, Sue. Thank you so much for calling. Okay. Pardon me? Yes. Thank you for yep. calling, yep. Sue. Yeah, so glad you that you could with your dog that way. That's so great. Yeah, thank awesome. you so much. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Healing, yes, the healing power of animals. Beautiful. Okay, let's go to a question. Um, there's some questions coming in. I want to kind of get back and forth. So I'm going to read this one. Let's see. All right, this is from Faye. Is there a message from our little dog, Snow? He's a Chinese-created crested, Chinese-crested 
I don't know what that is. He has trauma for when he arrived to us and he doesn't trust other people or dogs. And he sometimes bites. Do you have a message for Faye from their dog, Snow? Mm. Um, my preference is to work with animals where I'm actually talking with the owner so that I'm connected the way I work, it's very interesting, it's actually through the heart connection of the owner. So yeah. I, I don't know whether or not I can get a message for a dog from an email, but why don't I try? I've never done it like this before, but let's try and see what happens. And could you please, Loren, repeat the name of the dog? The dog's name is Snow. Okay, and is it is it alive or dead, did you say? He's alive. He does not trust okay. other people, yes. Um, well, firstly, the human part of me would like to invite Faye to get a session with me, for sure, because any, any traumatized animal that is has a lot of trapped emotions or emotions attached to memory or fear or the feelings of abandonment and mistrust would definitely benefit um, from a, from a, a trauma release session. So let me see if I can. Um, he's not very happy. So I, I, I don't want to verbatim share uh, the message as he said it. Um, but basically, I, I think what I'd like to do for Faye is suggest to try to work on her partnership with him, and that is to sit and share heart space with her dog and to, to imagine that as HeartMath talks about, right, breathing into our heart space, imagine breathing into your heart space, and I will add the energetic component of that, as we breathe in, we intend to breathe in love, activating our heart, activating our divine light. And sit and try to clear your mind of thoughts the best that you can. You, you might not be able to completely clear your mind, but the best that you can. And shine your light within yourself, first loving yourself, first sending love to you. And then shine that light, that love, outward to little snow um, and imagine that with the light that you are shining from your own heart space and and if you're not sure you can do this you can just tell your left brain I'm pretending I can do what Ginny said you don't you don't have to literally absolutely 100% believe that you can do this you just have to tell your left brain you're pretending so breathe into your heart space, activate that light, and imagine that with your love and with your light, you're generating a little tiny pink baby blanket of love. Now, Faye said that um, Snow was a Chinese crested, so that's like a four-pound dog, you know. So we're talking about a little tiny baby blanket, like pink cotton candy baby blanket of love. And you don't want to bombard snow with it because it's potentially going to feel very foreign to him or her at first. And 
just imagine that you're gently handing that blanket to Snow while focusing on Snow's heart. And, and try in your mind to imagine saying to Snow, you have the same energy in you that I have. You have a heart and you have this love and this light inside of you. But your sadness and your anger has covered it up. And so as I'm sharing with you, Faye, instructions on how to do this, I'm taking the liberty, I hope it's okay, I'm taking the liberty of doing the same thing from my heart and handing Snow a little tiny baby doll size pink blanket of love that he or she can choose to receive or not. And I'm just going to close my eyes for a minute and look at the energy and see what's happening here. So the first little pink blanket of love got absorbed, except there's a bit of it lingering right around the shoulders and the heart area. So that says to me that the frequency of love that I'm offering is not able to immediately transmute, to be absorbed into his or her energy field to help transmute any any distortion, any emotions, any any healing from previous traumatic events. So I'm just going to continue to do it just a couple more times. And I continue, oh, pardon me, I, I ask you to consider doing it with me as well. That And everybody in the audience, if you like, if, if, Loren, would that be okay if we just do a little exercise? Yes, and I know we're all saying we're here, we're helping. Okay, beautiful. So breathing in, breathing in pure love deep into our lungs, not just that shallow breath that when we're stressed out, we, we experience deep, breathing love deep into our lungs, deep into our heart space below our sternum, and exhaling all the cares, all the worries, all the stress of the day, breathing in and activating our heart and activating our light, that spark of creation that exists within all of us. And first, shining that light inward to ourself, loving ourselves first. It feels like you're just giving yourself an incredible hug, doesn't it? To shine your light inward to yourself and then turn that light toward this little tiny dog and gently, gently imagine that we are creating a little baby doll size pink blanket of love. Little tiny, gentle baby doll size pink blanket of love and hand it to Snow. And now Snow can truly see how many people, how many human beings are witnessing his or her experience and witnessing his or her distress and pain and suffering. 
And we're asking Snow to receive this love and to allow the love to transmute all of the trapped emotions, the cellular memory of trauma, the blame, the misunderstanding of the previous circumstances. And in this exercise, I've had a bit of a vision and gotten some information, so I invite everybody to just make sure that you're coming, you're in your body if you haven't floated over to Snow's location. (laughs) That's very possible and highly probable with this audience. I invite you to come back gently into your own body and shine your light for yourself and using your own power of creation and your own love to clear your energy field. But I I want to give Faye a message from Snow. And this message is considerably different from the first message that I heard. So let me, I, I know the sense of it, but I don't have the words. So let me be quiet and listen. So Snow said, I I was very angry before, and I continue to be angry, but because of this experience, I am now choosing to heal. And that's all I have uh, for Faye. You did it. Thank you so much. (laughs) Yay, you did it. Yay. That was cool. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. Love is the answer. Forgiveness is the key. Love Love is is the the answer. answer. Beautiful. Okay, thank you, Faye. We hope that helps. We were all there assisting, and thank you. Okay, well, you have a special offer with sessions where people can work with you, and we've witnessed what it is that you do. It really is trauma release. So if anyone has animals, that are experiencing trauma, have experienced trauma. That's really your forte, as we can see. And also messages as well, messages for healing and upliftment. We have time for one more caller. Let's go to um, it's San Francisco. I think it's Catherine. Hi, caller. Yay. Hi, Lauren. It is Catherine. Hi, Catherine. Um, and I have the privilege of living with Tigger who is a great tabby cat, um, and we've been together over 10 years now. Um, my concern is just in the last couple of years, he's developed a growth um, just behind his ear, which is getting bigger and bigger. I have had it tested twice, and it is showing benign. Um, so, yeah, I just want to check in on that, if possible. Thank you, Ginny. Sure. Um So then with your permission, I will connect to Tigger's heart. Yes. Tigger gives me permission as well. (laughs) Oh, this cat, this cat. Oh, my gosh. We could be here for an hour. Uh, This cat has a lot to say. Okay. Uh, Hold on. Uh, First of all, it already made a speech, and I didn't even hear any of it. But it was like, okay. Um, let Let me get. Let me encourage the cat to realize the environment that we're on a radio show and people need to hear, and this is not a private call. So 
He needs to choose what he wants to say. Choose the most important things he wants to say first. Okay, so the most important thing is the growth um, is encapsulating discordant, distorted energies, discordant energies is the word he used. My word was distorted energies that he is taking on um, for uh, people outside of your home, not you or anyone in the home, that do not belong to him. Um, he fancies himself a healer, but he feels like he's getting in over his head. He doesn't, he doesn't know how to release the dark energy. So the body's response was to, to grow this uh, fatty mass um, and encapsulate the energy. Does that resonate with you, Catherine? Yes, absolutely. So you do feel as if he tries to act like he's a healer, but maybe he's not totally on top of managing his own energy? Perfect. Absolutely spot on. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. So let he me see. Just joined us. So let me see if he wants answers from me, if he wants to talk. Let's see what his priority is. Oh, he's like, oh, lady, I'm looking for answers. <laughs> I don't know if you live in New York, but he's really. <laughs> well, I used no to live in New to York. In New York. It was a joke. <laughs> so he's like, lady. Okay. Um, let's see here. So I get that it's because of a past life. It's a pattern in a past life. Um, he's showing me in a past life he moved interdimensionally. He would phase in and out. Now, I know this is a little out there, and I apologize for anybody that thinks this is going, you know, a bridge too far, but this is the truth that he's bringing in, and I have to honor it. So he's showing me that in his in, inter, not inner, interdimensional travel through astral realms, et cetera, he picked up a lot of psychic garbage. And this might be the perfect time, Loren, and I hope it's okay for me to say, and if you've, you've listened at least this far in the conversation, you probably care a little bit about my experience and what I have to say and offer. And I have to really caution everybody, please, please, please be careful. Please be careful. The psycho-spiritual realm of the earth is very contaminated. And when we choose to journey or astral travel, et cetera, if we're going to learn this, it's important that we take many things into consideration. And I'm sorry, Catherine, for interrupting your, but this is important for your, your cat and animals as well, for all of us to heal, that we need to be on a journey of healing and we need to learn how to manage our own energy, to move energy. We need to, to try to be on a path to ensuring, if not now, but at some time in the future, that we're not going to take other people's energy into our system and that we don't do things that degrade our energy field in order that psychic parasites and, and other types of yucky words and descriptions of things might come and attach to us. Because these are things that drain our energy, uh, cause us to have brain fog, cause us to be distracted, unsteady, um, and oftentimes be very um, short-sighted, you know, triggered, have anxiety, you name it. The list goes on and on and on. And it applies to animals as well. So 
I am so grateful that Tigger brought this as an issue forward today that I was able to share that concern. I just please make sure that you're working with people who have integrity and who can help you clear or at least know someone that can help you clear if you get in a little bit of a bind. Um, so back to Tigger. Um, so basically he has what I would term what others and this is not a term that I made up, others in the um, metaphysical realm call a psychic leech, which um, is basically an aspect of a soul somewhere who is either incapable or unwilling of healing, and they are just sort of floating around, refusing to go to the other side and do their work, and they're basically floating around and attaching and leeching energy off of others. And he picked this up. Now, it doesn't have anything to do with his direct soul or soul family. It's a hitchhiker. So it's not something for him that we can resolve a past life directly, but it doesn't mean that we don't want to offer healing to this being. Now, I have to say I'm not one that ever shies away from a challenge, and there are a lot of um, you know people out there that say we should only look at the light, we should only work with the light and all that. And I don't really feel that way. I feel like anything like this that comes up is an opportunity for healing. It's an opportunity to learn, heal, and grow for us, and it's an opportunity for the being because the being revealed itself to us for a reason. And nine times out of ten, all these beings really want is a little bit of help, a little bit of love, a little bit of direction, and, and then we're done. Now, can we get ourselves into some problem sometime? It's not for the faint of heart. It's not for an inexperienced person, but it can be done. And from my perspective, it's something, if we truly believe that we are all one and we truly believe that all of the healing that you do and I do ripples in a pond and affects the whole, then this is just another perspective of a ripple in a pond. So for Tigger, what I'd like to do is look at this entity that's on him, and and with Tigger's soul's permission and yours, Catherine, as well, I'm going to ask um, some cats, because this ha has to do with cats, and it is another cat. It's, so I'm going to ask the soul family of cat to come forward. And I'm going to ask the an ambassador or spokesperson. Some people would call it a deva, the deva of the cat family or soul family of cat, to come forward and to witness this um, wounded, unhealed aspect of another cat soul, and to um, embrace this and carry this away for its highest good, so that it can go on to its spiritual evolution and to be provided a space of love and healing and that I want this being to know that from all of us on the call here and whoever listens in the future that we are surrounding you with love and compassion with the vibration of peace and the vibration of love and forgiveness that we forgive everyone for everything unconditionally no matter what including ourselves love is the answer and there is nothing that any of us on this call could ever conceive of that is not forgivable. And from that 60,000 foot view of this human experience, animal experience, which has very much been entangled with the human experience, we wish you the highest level of healing and we wish you peace on your journey. So 
we're just holding space for a minute, it's a kind of embedded. Again, this is not this life, it's a past life, so there's it's a thick energy. So we're asking this whole family of cats for help. We're just witnessing this. And I'm slowly seeing a golden opalescent almost light penetrate. And then remembering how we all previously breathed into our heart space, activated love, activated our spark of creation, turning that love and compassion first inward for ourselves, stating to ourselves, each of us, we give ourselves permission to heal. Let's, let's have this entity witness us doing that. I give myself permission to heal. Because there's a lot of people out there that want to save the world, but they don't want to do their own work. I've met a lot of them. So let's really focus and do our own work and be committed to doing our own work first. And then when we shine our light, it will be 10 times or more, more powerful. I promise you. There, there, it's starting to slip out. I'm sorry, it is a bit of a lengthy process. It's like a slow motion CGI visual. Catherine, are you picking up on any of this? Um, I am. I'm, it's funny. I'm feeling it in my own skull almost. Um, and yeah, a, a feeling of peace just came there um, about an hour second ago. I apologize yeah. I interrupted you, but right as you said, a feeling of peace, then a, then a roll of, of chills came right through my body, and I felt a relief. So I apologize. Go ahead. Oh, no. Um, yeah, I, I'm just seeing a really bright light now. Um, surround us both, actually. And he is a beautiful being, as Gabby as he is, or Gabby. <laughs> but he, um, yeah, he's an incredible heart. Um, and I would just hate to think of him in any pain well i have to tell you this is not promote self-promotion in any way but he just said i have to talk to you more in the future (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh well bigger you can call me anytime really just talk to me sleep contact me anytime but we have to make sure it's okay with Catherine. but i am i am certainly ready to hear what you have to say (laughs) and Catherine, please Feel free to reach out to me, you know, send me an email, contact me, uh, you know, follow up. How's he doing? How are you feeling? How have you guys been affected by this? You know. Oh, bless, bless you, Jenny. I really appreciate that. Um, yeah, I can't thank you enough. Oh, you're, and you're thank so you, welcome. And, oh, absolutely, Lauren as well. And I love, I just really, truly enjoy working with people who are, um, who are sensitive and intuitive and open and can participate. And there is an absolute sense of, of validation and truth in the process that is transpiring. And so thank you very much. Thank you, Catherine. Thank you, Lauren, as ever. <laughs> really amazing. Um, interdimensional traveler with that cat. How cool. Very, very cool. Wow, Jenny, you are really amazing. It is um, uh, so fun to watch. So fun. And you really do help so many 
animals and humans heal. And that's the name of the game. Well, well, thank you. And it's interesting, right before the call, I, I jotted down two experiences with animals that I thought I might be able to share today. And, I, yes. and you know, again, I meditated and please bring the proper, you know, the just the perfect people to the call and everything. And the two examples of the hundreds that I could share are past life examples with animals. So may I quickly share just two? Yes, please. And then if we have a lot of time, there's one, but it would take about six minutes to tell it. But the, here are two quick ones. When I myself, about a year and a half ago, adopted a chocolatey mini donkey, she was not taking on weight. She was very skinny, and we were feeding her an appropriate amount of food, and it seemed as if she was wasting away. I thought, oh, my gosh, what is wrong? And sure enough, she had a past life with, uh, as a deer with wasting disease. And so we went in and cleared that traumatic memory from her soul blueprint. And she has gained 25 pounds easily in, in you know, a year and two months. It took me about three months to figure it out because, you know, with your own animals, the coddler son has those shoes, right? It's not the, the first thing I do is sit down and tap in and try to help my, my own animal with a past life. But when I did it, it was phenomenal. And then I have a client who has this amazing Bouvier, the most famous dog in the neighborhood. Everybody loves this dog and such a personality. Well, everybody wants to play catch with this dog or throw the dog treats. Well, anytime you throw a ball or a Frisbee or a little biscuit to the dog, the dog cowered in fear, cowered in fear. And people kept laughing at the dog and calling the dog dumb. Oh, this is the dumbest dog I've ever seen. Oh, what a stupid dog. How can a dog not catch, you know? And it was really traumatic for the dog. Well, sure enough, the dog had an experience in a life where something came and hit it in its face and broke its neck. And I was working with the dog and clearing the dog. And I said, okay. So in my mind, it was about to tell the woman, okay, let's, you know, give it time to settle in and, you know, see how this goes. And maybe you can try again in a few days. She goes, oh, I already did it. And I'm like, what? You, you, you threw something at the dog? She goes, oh, yeah, I just threw a piece of steak up in the air and he caught it. And that is the immediate, immediate experience, result that, that we can expect from doing this very important, very real work with an animal. So those are my two short ones. I don't, Lauren, I don't know how much time you have, but just let me know. Well, that was beautiful. Um, past lives in animals, they too are affected. Uh, it is just amazing the work that you do. It is totally quantum. All right, you, please, there's time. Share the other story. I would love to. Thank you. This is probably one of the top five most profound experiences I've had in my life. I was in Southern California, uh, Southern, pardon me, Southern Central Colorado, um, and, and I was at a rescue, and it was a horse rescue. And I walked in, and of course, I first had to get past the lead mayor and work with the lead mayor, and she had to feel me out, and did she give me permission to work with everybody else? And sure enough, um, of course, she did. And then this uh, gray horse came forward and asked me for help and said that his heart hurt. 
And I, I put my hand on his heart and I looked to the woman that owned the rescue. Her name was Rebecca. And I said, Rebecca, if this horse doesn't release some energy right away, he is going to die very quickly of congestive heart failure. And she looked at me as, I mean, her jaw dropped open. And I, I think she literally turned white as a sheet. And I said, Rebecca, what is wrong? What, what? And she said, this horse just came to the rescue 30 days ago because his owner is now in hospice with congestive heart failure. And he will probably be passing any day now. Wow. And I said, okay, well, let me turn my focus back to the horse. And I said to him, his name was Silver. And I said to him, are you willing to release this energy? And he said, yes, of course. So I started doing it. And as I looked into the energy, I had both my hands on his, one on his chest, one on his withers. I saw that in a past life, he and the man were together previously, and he was a horse, and the man was in the military. He was a military commander. And in battle, the military commander died. And in his role as a horse, what he thought was caretaker of his human, he felt that he had let his human down and that the man's death was his fault. So he promised that in the next life, he would carry the burden of the man in, in this life, which is his next life with him together. And I started to walk him through doing a revocation for carrying that, and he backed up four or five giant steps out of my hands because the woman and I were standing to the front of him, he backed up and walked away very quickly. And I just stood there in amazement, just dumbfounded. What has happened? And I heard him say, I cannot revoke this agreement. I cannot. And I asked his soul, what is the soul's perspective? And the soul's perspective said, this is wrong. He shouldn't sacrifice his life. This is not right. And the importance that some people are placing on these contracts, it's misunderstood because there's a misunderstanding at the beginning, at the creation of these contracts. So I stood in the middle of the pasture, and with the woman's permission, I yelled out to all of the horses. I said, you know, guys, this is really, and pardon my French, Lorraine, you know, this is BS, okay? This is so wrong. All of you and, and the animals in the world who are suffering and taking on illness and disease and mental anguish from human beings because you think you're somehow resolving karma or you're, you're making good on a promise that you make, you are only hurting yourself. You are distorting your own experience. And I want to walk you through, all of you, all of us together, a revocation to release these agreements which are literally like being we're in a double bind. We are just bound to suffering and we can't get out because we don't go back to the beginning and say, wow, this was not a good idea to begin with, right? And so I do it and I kind of forget about silver because that was a really dramatic conversation and there's energy around that and, and we walk away and we, I work with a donkey and, you know, the donkey had never been able to get the farrier before or lift up his feet and I work with the donkey and I reach down, I pick up the donkey's feet. And it's just amazing, beautiful, amazing experience. And I'm about to walk out of the pasture. I'm done for the afternoon. And Silver walks up to me and says, I'm ready now. Can you help me? And there's a picture on my website of me 
in a field in Colorado, standing in front of a horse with my hands around his head with my forehead against his forehead and that's the horse silver. There is um, there is a, a client testimonial that doesn't speak to this particular conversation, but it's from the woman at the rescue in Colorado. And there's a picture of me and this horse and I'm wearing sort of an electric blue um, equestrian top and a pair of jeans in the picture. And it is one of, if not my favorite photo. I mean, it's not the most beautiful likeness of me. You know, you can see all my bulges and everything, you know, so it's not a professional photo, but it's probably my favorite photo of all time of working with a horse because that was the immediate result of having a conversation with the soul family, with this herd, encouraging all of them to release the ties that bind them, the entanglement with other people, and these ridiculous agreements to suffer because we think we did something wrong, so we deserve to suffer. And what happened? He walked up to me and did his healing, and he doesn't have any signs of congestive heart failure at all. That is so amazing. The power of the healing, amazing. That is truly quantum. All in the name of love, healing. That's powerful. Well, you know, they, they talk about quantum theory, and I'm, I'm not, I think I already spoke to this, so I don't want to repeat myself, but I'm not completely sure from a psycho-spiritual perspective, that we're getting it. There's a, It's sort of um, chic now to say, oh, I see the body and the consciousness as one because quantum mechanics have proven that the body and consciousness are one. But the fact is, our biology is controlled by our genes, but our genes are controlled by our consciousness. And I'm here to tell you that the consciousness is separate. It exists in a separate plane. I can see it. I can see it when people talk and I can see the relationship between the upregulation and the downregulation of our genes based on our prior wounds and unforgiveness and how that plays out in our health and well-being. So I I love that people talk about the quantum field and or the unified field. I think quantum field is a misnomer, the quantum theory and the unified field. But I feel like those people who are like us, who are probably most people listening to this call, were trying too hard to placate science by saying, look, see, science validates what we've been trying to say all along, and it's taking us away from that field of possibility and potential because it's wanting us to focus on what exists, what is, and not clear that and release it to manifest our highest potential, which is what we are all destined to do, in my opinion. Yes. Yes, if we can just get through the clearing, (laughs) get through the clearing, and it does pick up speed. It really does when we begin to do it. And it's awareness, 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 and this connection with our higher self. When you talk about the unified field, to me that really is the 
connection of our higher self. That's where our higher self resides, and the information is there. And so clearing out the trauma like this absolutely taps us in even more so to this greatness that we are. So I really do honor the work that you do, Ginny, on this beautiful scale. And we, again, have to say thank you for coming back, and thank you for doing the work that you do. And thank you for having me. And I thank the audience for being willing and um, to, to, to listen and to hold space. And I'm hoping that I get to, to meet with, talk with, work with some of them soon or in the future. Yes, and you can access Jenny's special offer on the link on this webpage. She's got a couple of offerings for an individual session or multiple sessions. Those are really beautiful and um, give you the space that you need to get the work done. Jenny, I want to give you a moment to share more about your special offers um, as we want to give you time to mention those. Right. Well, um Today's date is, in case anybody isn't aware that's listening to this now, we're recording this on June 23rd. So the current climate is, the financial climate is very uncertain. Um, there's a lot going on in the world. And with that in mind, I have greatly reduced my prices. So I, I want you to know that if you are able to take advantage of the special pricing that I have now, um, it these prices will not last forever. I'm hoping I'm hoping that we get back on track um, as a nation, as as um, as a world. But what I've offered is an an individual session or a bundle of three sessions for those people who know that they have a traumatized animal, or maybe uh, people have multiple animals. I don't like to purposely intentionally schedule a, a session with two animals at a time. Now that's not to say that it doesn't happen. Animals come in in spirit. There tend to be conversations in the household. These things happen organically, but I don't consciously choose to work on more than one animal or person at a time in one session because I don't feel that it honors the animal or the person. Of course, we'll go with the flow but it's very important to me in this work that we don't just come in with a list of six questions, ask the questions, and then leave, because that's not honoring them. That's not witnessing their suffering or their trauma or really listening to them and getting their perspective. And, and that's how I choose to work, which is different from a lot of traditional animal communicators. So I highly recommend the three bundle sessions because these prices will not last forever, for sure, for sure. And um, when I do offer bundles, I usually ask that there be, and it's always, of course, according to the animal soul's wishes, but at least four weeks in between sessions so that people and animals have time to integrate that healing and that releasing and finding a new normal, finding a new balance. And you can use the um, the package and, and the, the offer that is on this site for people as well. So if you wanted a session for yourself, this offer does not um, limit you from being able to take advantage of this pricing. It, you can book a session and have a session for a human being as well. Yes. For animals or human beings, wherever the need may be, beautiful. 
Thank you so much, Ginny. And when I said thank you for coming back, um, I guess that means thank you for coming back to Quantum Conversations, but it also means coming back to the planet, being on the planet, being incarnated with us. We can't thank you enough, and we thank you for stepping into the work and your mission because you truly are making a difference. The horses thank you, the animals thank you, the humans thank you, and Gaia thanks you. We all thank you. Thanks so much. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. Jenny Jablonski is an animal communicator. If you'd like to work with her, again, check out the special offer that she has available for all listeners of Quantum Conversations. Jenny, thank you, thank you, thank you. Have a beautiful evening. Now it is time to dance our way to the cosmic heart, and we'll just have a little fun as we incorporate and integrate what we've learned in today's show. How beautiful to spend time with our animals connecting in the heart space. Namaste.
for listening to this quantum conversation and thank you for dancing with us to the cosmic heart. As we raise our own vibration, we raise the vibration of the planet. This show is dedicated to you and all awakening hearts as we are here to shine our bright light and amplify our love. Access all quantum conversations, special offers from our guests, and online healing retreats by visiting AcousticHealth.com. I'm Loren Gailey, and from my sacred heart to yours, I honor your magnificent love and light. We leave you now with music from the universe. Music literally created by the universe as musical notes were assigned to mathematical equations. The result is this beautiful music available at AcousticHealth.com. Namaste. Namaste.